Thank you, this is Derek McCoy, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday, October 14th, 2015, at uh, a little eight, about 8.15. So any news that happens after uh, 9 o'clock this evening, we are not you know, responsible for. We have been looking it. at the news for like the last two hours. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, any news that happened in the last uh, two days, we have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so we can't be held re- responsible. We're doing the show we want to do, damn it. All right, so we're moving forward. And, uh, of course... Uh, Back as announcer after uh, we were not able to have him there at Convolution, but uh, all men in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And, of course, podcast producer and literally uh, hosting us in his home in the undisclosed location of the Brett Cave. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And I almost wanted to remind you to use your powers for good early on. If you are listening to us on iTunes, but you should use it, use them all the time for good. That's all that it should be. Uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, please rate us, review us, tell your friends, and subscribe by all means. You can do the same on the Stitcher app and probably on podcast.com and Podcast Pickle and a variety of places. We're happy with wherever you're listening as long as you're listening. And if uh, you heard about something on this podcast that you want to uh, order for for yourself, we often provide Amazon links uh, directly to items we've talked about or to items related to what we've talked about on the podcast. If you cannot find them at your local brick-and-mortar small business, 
then you please, by all means, use the Amazon link or the Amazon search box, and we get a very, very small kickback. Uh, and also, if you are just enjoying what you're hearing and you would like to help contribute to the cost of hosting the Fanboy Planet podcast and uh, for the Fanboy Planet website, you can go to www.fanboyplanet.com and you can click on the PayPal link, as well as that's where you may have found this podcast because we embed each and every episode on the website as well it's only fair to allow them to earmark that money for the fanboy planet frappuccinos That's, i'll be right back guys you need to get a frappuccino yeah. <laughs> we we said the wrong thing Whoa. frappuccino it's sort of like the manchurian candidate right. why don't you pass the time with a nice frappuccino and now we're going to find out that nate assassinated a politician uh so anyway uh, no, it's it's you know it's tiffany and it makes him walk the dog uh, yeah well okay frappuccino and coco has to go that's the problem so anyway, uh, yeah, so we've got some comics news, we've got some movie news, we've got some TV news. Now, our last episode was very much, uh, you know, it was just the interview with Bonnie Burton, which was, I shouldn't say just, because it was a fantastic conversation, uh, and we have been doing sort of we like... We did news, too. We did a little Bonnie bit. Can, Bonnie contributed a lot of variety to that episode. Yeah, it was, it was great, but uh, we, we, we have been leading with top stories, and I don't really know what I can say is the top story, except uh, we're going to start with some comics news. And that is a story that I kind of find funny. We recently had the, we, at uh, Baltimore Comic Con, there were the Harvey Awards, which is sort of like the, uh, I guess, the BAFTAs to the Eisner's Oscars. Um, you know, there's two major comics awards. It's the Eisner's out of San Diego Comic Con and the Harvey's, which are named after Harvey Kurtzman in uh, Baltimore Comic Con. And it was hosted this year by Vivek, Vivek J. Tawari, who is the uh, writer of uh, The Fifth Beetle, which is one of my favorite graphic novels, as well as the producer of American Idiot on Broadway and The Addams Family mm. on Broadway. He's a fantastic... Well, I did not know that. He's a big Broadway producer as well as now a movie producer because uh, Simon Cowell's thrown in his lot with him and they're going to adapt The Fifth Beetle into film. And uh, anyway, he hosted. They gave for Best Humorist... Uh, was to Chip Zdarsky, who I think is very funny. Uh, great, because he's the writer of Howard the Duck as well, uh, and he is the artist on uh, Sex Criminals. And so that's what he won for Best Humor. Uh, humorist was for Sex Criminals, but they didn't acknowledge his co-creator, the guy who writes Matt it. Fraction. So he refused... He refused the Harvey Award since he said it should be if you're going to name it for a right, book, right. it should be for for both creators, right? So today, hitting the stands was uh, Sex Criminals number thirteen. So the the cover credits read Chip Zdarsky and Chums. <laughs> so nice. They left Matt Fraction's name off and they credited it, but it was like it was it was the right way to protest, just to make a joke about right. like. I'm not by myself, you know, but uh, I love it. If you've, if you've picked up Sex Criminals, and I, and I can understand why people wouldn't because there's... Sex in it. Yeah, and criminals. Uh, yeah. And you know, the, the criminals have sex. Yeah, then, then that's how they commit their crimes. Yes. Uh, it's a very... I think it's a good book. I think it's a very funny book. Mm-hmm. And their attitude within, if you pick up the trade paperbacks or you pick, pick up individual issues, there's a lot of side commentary and very clearly a great... Back and forth. I mean, Matt Fraction is one of the coolest people in comics anyway. Yeah. And Chip Zdarsky is just, I love him uh, largely, you know, because on the strength of Howard the Duck, which is which feels like the old days. Uh, Sean Howe, uh, some other people, you know, I've read commentary that said they don't, they don't really agree with that. But I think uh, that what, what he's been doing has been very much like uh, Steve Gerber. Anyway, uh, you know, it is a really fun book. But again, I understand why people wouldn't. But I thought that was the, the, the best way to handle 
you know, the situation. And hopefully next year at the Harveys, it will be uh, a team will be acknowledged for their for their work together. Because I think when a book is really at its best, it really is a collaboration. Oh yeah, it, it really sure. is a give and take. And and not in the you know the, and it's not, never the same kind of give and take too. I mean right right you know it, it's like uh was it Howard Chaykin you know, because I've been converting interviews over reading old interviews with people when we talk when I talked to Howard Chaykin years ago and he said like the the team that he loved the most was uh, uh, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso on a hundred one hundred bullets because uh-huh. he said they are so seamless you feel like it's it's one mind creating that work and. You know, and I thought about it. What he was, he was trying to tell me is like, you go back to Milton Caniff when Caniff was really doing Steve Canyon, when Caniff was really doing Terry and the Pirates. I think he turned Terry and the Pirates over to someone else and then created Steve Canyon. When Alex Raymond was doing Flash Gordon, the true cartoonists, the true artists that were writing in. And yet we protest a lot when artists get to, you know, want to write their own books because some of them haven't really learned storytelling yeah. because they're doing pinups so they can sell the art later. But, um, you know, when you've got a writer and artist together humming, like I, I still argue, and I, the most controversial thing I'll say, Jack Kirby and, and Stan Lee, neither one of them was really as good without the other. They were both, uh, you know, Jack Kirby did some amazing things, but I think he he needed kind of Stan to, it's like I Lennon and Stan, McCartney. Stan pushed him. I think probably in ways that uh, was unintentional. And then they went to work. <laughs> Again, I got to recommend everyone Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, because you read a lot of that pushing. A lot of that pushing. Um, speaking of pushing, uh, to, <laughs> it was announced this morning, the next Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. in front of the Guinness Museum of World Records in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard, Bob Kane, uh, the original originally credited creator of Batman, is getting a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, as well as, with Zack Snyder and Jim Lee in attendance, the presentation of a of a world record for Batman being the comic book character most adapted to film. Interesting. Which, I you know, I, I don't know if anybody still really cares about world records. On it, like those because some of them are like the most ridiculous things. Like yeah, the most yeah. people dressed as Waldo in a in a, in a most a, thumbs in a field. selfie. You know, it, it, they are odd. Uh, you know, and how the most people in a selfie. It, yeah. It's just they are odd. But I can remember, oh, gosh, you know, buying that book every year when you were in elementary school to the Scholastic Book Club and going like, ooh, the world's tallest man. It's still that guy. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know. um, so anyway, they're getting. Did you ever that. play the game when you had got one of those paperback books of Ripley's Believe It or Not, and you'd open up a page. And you'd either read something or make something up, and everyone ha- else had to guess which one it was. That's not a game. I just do that every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, uh, anyway, the interesting thing about Bob Kane getting the star next week is, uh, which, by the way, if anybody wants to show up, apparently that's a perfectly public, I wish I could get yeah. down there and cover that. Uh, and uh, But uh, that Bill Finger, who really was arguably, well, I say inarguably at this point, we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, that DC had reached and Warner Brothers had reached an agreement with with uh, Bill Finger's granddaughter, who I believe is named Athena, uh, that she uh, that they've they've reached a settlement that he would be getting some acknowledgement on Gotham this season and in Batman v Superman: Dawn in of Justice credits, in the credits. Okay, but then the question not to have was, a character named after but no, him. no. But the question was, how could they do that 
when Bob Kane, unlike Siegel and Schuster, unlike everybody else who's crea- who created one of those Golden Age characters, had a contract that said, ex- up until I think 1968, his signature had to appear, even when it was obviously Carmine Infantino drawing it uh-huh. and Murphy Anderson, uh-huh. his signature was on it and he was to be solely listed as the creator. creator. So apparently, uh, what leaked this week, I shouldn't say leaked, was a preview copy went out to retailers of the I love that they're calling this the Dark Knight universe. So Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, in each issue of the Dark Knight 3, is it the Master Race? Master there's going to be a mini comic. So the first one is the Adam and Superman, you know, which had a con- which we ran on Fanboy Planet, the, the cover that everybody was hating the drawing of Superman. Right. I still argue he's just doing uh he's doing wally wood he's doing super duperman yeah don't worry about it yeah and it is just a comic and you don't have to buy it if you don't like it uh but apparently they're in the credits though they (laughs) i saw a screenshot they misspelled jerry siegel's name underneath for superman but for the credits of batman it says created by bob kane with bill finger so for the first time in comics history Bill Finger's name will be associated, associated as, a as a creator. Now, he was given credit in that uh, Detective Comics anniversary issue where Brad Meltzer retold the story, The Case of the Chemical Syndicate, which was the first Batman story, mm-hmm. Detective 27. So Brad Meltzer wrote it, and they, say, and they did say it was written by Brad Meltzer and Bill Finger. So there had been ways of cleverly putting it in there. Right. And in the Eisner Awards every summer, there is the Bill Finger Award for Writing Excellence, and it's given to... Posthum- two two writers, one posthumous, who is they feel was not given adequate credit for his contributions in his lifetime, and one now who should be given credit for Excuse his contributions. Me. Good heavens, man! Was that Coco again? We're going to blame. Uh, so anyway, there's that interesting story up there, and we've got a little information if you want on www.fanboyplanet.com. On a slightly darker... Before, I, I think we have to decide what our schedule is. And you're probably going to be the one doing it anyway, so we'll just figure out what your schedule is for going down and cleaning the star every six months. Is not something you're supposed to do? That's not my job. Not your job? You I don't, don't want to... Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers doesn't pay me. Well, no, the fans the fans are the ones who go down and clean the stars. We have to create an stars. entire thing where every fan has to. Yeah. I, I, you know... That's the way it is with all the stars that are there right now, the... Oh, is that? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I just figured I, I got to move the bum off of it. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Bob Kane got his reward in life because apparently in Batman and Me, he claims that he slept with Marilyn Monroe. Okay. So, you know, um, <laughs> so that's who reason, needs a star? That's reason for not it's polishing envy. a star. It's, it's sheer it's envy. euphemism. Do you think Batman only has 365 fans? There's a guy. There are at least three guys dressed there's as Batman fighting to clean Batman's star. There are there are at least three guys dressed as Batman right now on Hollywood Boulevard who who should be on the cleanups right. cleanup crew. I agree. Anyway, uh, on a, a slightly darker note, uh, that uh, that we got na- you know national news. Manga made national news today because it was revealed that a New Hampshire high school had an incident where a Death Note journal was found. Uh, 14 students' names were written in there. And if death Note uh, being? The Death Note being a manga in which a Japanese death god uh, gives a boy... Loses his loses his journal. But don't they team up at one point? Because I've seen the, I've the, seen the no, anime. The, the god plays along because the boy owns the journal now, and he's trying to figure out a way to get back, but he can't just take it from him. Okay, so every time the boy writes a name in the journal, that person... 
dies. It is probably one of the most complex and interesting stories you could read in a manga. I mean, there's so many twists because it really becomes this Holmes and Moriarty. Oh, right. No, a, a super intelligent, troubled teen. Yeah. Believes he's using his powers for good, that yes. the people that he's killing deserve to die. Uh, there is a detective trying to figure out who is responsible Equally for all this. Equally amazingly yes, intelligent. Okay, as always happens in real life yes. when crimes are committed. And uh, and then there's this death god uh, kind of wandering around going, hmm, can I have the journal back? Now, I was thinking, so is it Viz that, that publishes Death Note? Uh, I don't I, I, I lose track, unfortunately. I boxed of, all my volumes yeah, up in the garage. That uh, I think at one point they had actually marketed a journal that they had that they they had it. So uh, what in the art in the article? Oh yeah, they've oh, there are blank blank Death Note books you can get and extended prose novels and all kinds of stuff. I don't think that they would find an extended prose novel and confuse this for a death threat. Mm. But I, I think I, I'm just I'm just checking because it is – while I find the series fascinating, I had yeah, not dealt too, dealt too deeply. So – and not that I'm holding – you know, saying, oh, Viz should be held responsible. It's just apparently while this has happened in years past, this is the fourth incident this year where a teen has had a death note journal and uh, described how uh, classmates – would die naming them and uh so you can imagine that this new hampshire high school they were very very concerned my my point in bringing it out is is one of course teens are always discovering because i think when we talked about this earlier rick said you know it's like an old manga it's it was originally published started in 2003 oh that's nothing yeah, think please. Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's. Um, but I'm saying, been but to think, Barnes and Noble, how many new ones there are? I mean, the, the, there's <laughs> such a flood of this stuff. So, uh, and Death Note is still available at Barnes oh, yeah. and Noble because it's uh, good. And teens find it because well, the quality, the, the the quality ones last. Yeah. That's why you can still find Watchmen, three motion pictures, uh, animated series. Which, by the way, I think yeah, Attack on Titan. Speaking of, was going to open be, in America. Yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, and that came, you know, so I'm just saying, uh, you know, if not, teens want to have secrets from their parents, certainly, as far as, like, what they're reading and, you know, but if you're an educator, I think part of this is an overreaction based on not knowing what Death Note was. Yeah. And if you have a, a, a section of your uh, of your popular student populace reading something like that, I mean, actually, the first time I, I encountered Death Note was because it was at a girl's high school when I was teaching that it was a cost. I can't remember what the excuse for that. It was villain day or cartoon character day. And someone came as the, as oh, the nice. death God and freaked me out for a second. And I went, no, I've seen that at a comic book shop and realized what it was. And then we, you know, we had a good conversation. What is this? Tell me about, <laughs> Oh, death note. Tell me yep. about it. Why do you like it? You know, so engage. Don't properly used. It could be great source material for an ethics discussion. I mean, any oh, we number? don't have ethics discussions in public no? education. Is there a test on ethics? Oh, I guess not. Besides Wall Street, you mean a star test kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it can't be tested, we're not teaching it. Oh, uh, I can say things like that because I'm not in education <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, out of New York Comic Con, I forgot to write this down. There is going to be an American uh, created anthology of attack on titan stories oh. that uh they're they could get on to american created american creators are yeah. doing c contributing to an american anthology of titan stories which will hopefully be better than that marvel attack on titan crossover that made no sense other than there's a titan on on broadway yeah it was horrible it, 
was so disappointing because yeah. I like the concept. I I blow hot and cold of the manga itself, but the anime is great. The anime and, is and, marvelous. And, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see there. Um, and then you know we're in another wave of oh my god the crossovers. Uh, Marvel announced today Spider Women number one, so another crossover event before they're even finished with Secret Wars. Right. Um, well, they have to announce before they finish the next thing. So, I understand. So you know they're not going away. Uh, but it's away. like that Avengers one that they also announced to celebrate Captain America's 75th anniversary. I'm like, I was happy in those days when like, hey, it's Batman's 50th anniversary. One special story. Maybe right. one oversized issue. A logo change on all the books and that was about it. Yes. 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 Uh, so uh, it's... And, and I'm not I'm not saying Marvel's alone in this because I just saw today in a house ad for DC... I'm really loving the Dark Side War mm-hmm. and then Justice League. And then there's a house ad for the five spin-off one-shots from the Dark... I was like, I don't need a spin-off one-shot. I don't. Just tell this story. Because you know they're story. not going to... They're not moving the story along No, just bit. tell this one story. Yes. Uh, more story... You know, I don't need a one-shot of Batman in the Mobius chair. Right. Being even more arrogant than usual. I, You know, so that's what's happening. However... By Spider Women, I get. These are really fan-favorite characters. Spider Gwen, one of the hottest. The exciting new character find of 2013. And one look, of, at, look at how many how many books Marvel's putting out with women as the main characters. Now, this was an interesting... I forgot what I read, but if you went back like four years ago, uh-huh. it was Captain Marvel. Right. That was the only book with a female lead. And now I think it's like 17... And even in Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, I mean, title, book title characters, yeah, Mar- Captain Marvel, uh, Ms. Silk, Marvel. Ms. Silk. Marvel, uh, uh, Spider, Spider Gwen. Um, Does she Hulk have a book right now? No, no but she's leading a force, yeah. which which will continue yeah. in the new. But that's a lot compared to. DC or almost anybody else, except for maybe that one that does all the fairy tale girls in short skirts. Uh, w Zenoscope with, uh, with yeah. Grimm's fairy tale. They're almost tales. all female characters. Yes, empowering. There's a lot. We could argue that, but let's get a young woman to argue okay. that with us. Okay. I, as I have to keep stressing, when we talk about inclusivity, two. I'll say middle-aged white men sitting around a table and then Nate being younger, but still a white male and like, like email white male. Um, Did you get, uh, did you open that white male? You know, so uh, that, that the, the three of us sitting around talking about inclusivity and, and judging one way or the other. Right. Because I think about that and I, you know, that I realize there may be people that find grim, grim fairy tales, actually empowering young young women who I'm do. sure there are I have always felt a little uh I, I read prurient the, reading I re- them I read through the Robin Robin Hood when they just came out you with. may you may look up that word later yes and I thought it actually was a pretty good story I just don't I don't like the way they're drawn they've pandered too much I think they're well I think they're well written yeah. but uh, you say that and then I go back to well then we love Dave Stevens it's like uh my friend Dan Cooney had done uh for for um the Tommy Gun dolls, he had a print of Betty Page with the Rocketeer. And I said, and he was giving away as one of the stretch goals. And I said, oh, I wish I could bid. That's beautiful. But then I also realized, as I have a Dave Stevens Rocketeer shirt, that I never wore, oh, I wore once publicly because I bought it because I loved the art. Yes. And then put so it on. her on his shoulder? Yes. Yes. And then I realized. You can't wear that. I can't wear that anywhere. Yeah. You know, it, it's just kind of... I took it with me to DocCon this week. So maybe that makes more sense, though. But I, you know, 
you you are not the only one to mock me for my may perhaps oversensitivity, but I am aware because there was one year at Comic Con I couldn't buy a shirt because it was an Adam Hughes Princess Leia in the Slave Girl right. outfit, and I was like, I, I can't wear that at a work day at school. I can't, you know, there's I don't want to model that for my children. Maybe I come from a different time. Maybe I'm a little oversensitive, but I've been in the training, you know, and and, and in an in a, in a profession where you can't. So, you know, I'm yeah, with I know. you. I, I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. So if we, uh, as I have put out invitations to uh, people from different points of view to come and join, there's all these, there's crossovers coming. There's a lot of number ones. Yeah. Both sides. DC is doing it too, but Marvel is definitely the one where we know this was a big event tie in and launch. And uh, so, uh, I had made a note of Marvel check-in, and then Rick also made a note of number ones. We've got uh, last week alone was Spider-Man number one. So we can cover last week, right? Iron Man number one, Doctor Strange. You, we've all read. No, you haven't, I haven't read, read them. Read I haven't read them. Yeah. You can just tell me if you liked them. Oh, yeah. There were, uh, okay, so last week uh, there were three number ones and a number zero. The Invincible, Invincible Iron Man, uh, it reestablished Tony, uh, Stark Industries, uh, tinkerer, new set of armor that does all kinds of manga-like transformations. He can build stuff with it out of itself. Um, really quite a cool book, well-drawn, uh, interestingly plotted. Uh, $3.99 for... Uh, with, uh, it, and actually, it has an interior cover. Yeah, we hey, you can it, look on... It's, on it's the weirdest thing, oh, no, though. You can't anymore. Because... If you look at it, you've got this exterior cover, which is which is hard cardboard. Then you got the same thing without the type inside the um, just inside the hard cover, right? And they used to do that stuff, that kind of stuff, so you could do a poster. But to get this poster out, you got to take all the pages of the book apart. You have to bend out the staples, take all the pages out i it's, don't it's i don't get they, wraparound covers well it's not a, it's well this is a duplicate this is the wraparound but there's another copy of it right underneath right, right. It. but uh, and i'm saying if and, they had and, put this in the center, and this is a could, hard stock and here's the this thing is super hard stock. would you have paid 2.99 and enjoyed the book just as much without that extra hard stock uh yeah, yeah. i would because i'm never going to take this out if this had been in the center i might have taken this out because it is an awesome yeah, awesome picture. But uh, why Rick they, just ruined its mint status. Why they put? Oh, I read them. <laughs> um, why they put it right after the cover instead of in the center? I have no idea. It's I don't know what that was about. Weird. I don't know what that was about. Somebody should be fired for that. No. Anyway, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man number one uh, came out, which is interesting to follow Iron Man because it establishes tone uh, establishes Peter. As a Tony Stark-like uh, globe-trotting superhero, um, the Spider-Mobile is actually quite cool. I was totally cool with the Spider-Mobile. Um, I wasn't totally cool with the original Spider-Mobile. Uh, I am not lugging that back for you from Comic-Con this year. No. This, this, however, it was a big book. It was five ninety nine. So Yeah. Yeah. Overs- I bought it. Don't oversized. get me wrong. Oversized. I bought it. And, uh, yeah. So... Uh, I love that. I love the new Parker. I love the idea that that people in Japan are like, "Yay, Spider Man!" And you know, all these these beloved worldwide. Did they ask him for Leopardon? No. Was there a? There may have been a. Uh, what's the Japanese term for the giant monsters? Kai, the Kai, kaiju. Kaiju uh, joke in there too, but I don't know. And then the third number one was Doctor Strange. 
which, which I bought and I'm looking forward which to. Which we, again, we have Doctor Strange is kind of like this quippish player um, having fun with being the Sorcerer Supreme, walking down the avenue, fighting uh, fighting in otherworldly realms that we're not aware of, um, playing with somebody who comes to his front door and he's standing behind saying, you really don't want to go in there, that guy's crazy kind of stuff, which was an playing Willy Wonka. amusing, uh, yeah. Amusing. But then we had Zero. Avengers Zero, which has all of them. Okay. Yeah, it's it's basically all of the Avengers books, little shorts leading into them. And I what this did was convince me how few of these I'm gonna buy. Um That's good. The new Avengers I'd already decided I wasn't going to buy. Ultimates I was on the fence about until now. Um the Are Avengers, the which I think the Avengers is going to be the all new, all different Avengers. So I think that so, one, yeah. I think I'm probably going to buy. Uh, and I've already bought the Uncanny Avengers. Uh, a Force has done nothing for me so far. So this was, and again, this was a five ninety nine book, which was really. Uh, That's why last last week was so expensive. It was a larger. It's kind of a large advertisement for the Avengers. And so, they've done that before because they did a Marvel yeah. point one. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think they did another one uh, as well, and and it is bringing the question now. Okay, you're talking for Amazing Spider-Man number one, five ninety nine. Uh, Iron Man number one was three ninety nine. I don't think that I don't think that's going to backslide down to two ninety nine. What's the breaking point? I think we're just sticking at three ninety nine. No, and you know what? With with all these extra books, what's the breaking point for? Are people just going to stop? Yeah. I'm looking for opportunities to stop buying books. I've already decided I'm dropping um, Spider Woman and uh, Silk. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be buying those. Um, it, it is. Uh, it, it's I have to say, I'm not sure I'm going to. I'm going to uh, buy the Ma- Miles Morales book. Um, Rick, how could you? I've enjoyed it, but it's it's like one of those stories <laughs> where you know it's not written for me. I'm not in high school, and I'm there's not, nothing wrong with it. With yeah. admitting it's not written for you. Yeah. So. Uh, whereas the, I'm, I really dug the Peter Parker stuff, and you know if if Miles is in the Avengers, no, Spider Man's in the Uncanny Avengers, isn't that right? No, uh, Miles is in the All New All Different. Okay, Miles Avengers. is in yeah. Spider Man's in Uncanny, and Miles is in the All New All Different. So I get a taste of all the young the ones Miles are in story. All New All Different. Ms. Okay. Marvel's there, and uh, the Vision, the Vision, <laughs> the young one. That book looks interesting. Yeah, Captain uh, uh, Steve Rogers, Super Soldier, is in Uncanny. Yes. Yeah. The old, old version. So, um, and then there was a few this week, but uh, I think it's time to uh, get to that section of the game of the podcast that we refer to as "What's in the bag." That's What's it. What's in the bag? We've just fallen out of the rhythm. He's still got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the new theme song. Uh, it's much quieter now. So, uh, did you get a chance to go to the store, Nate? I have not been in a while, but I did take note of what I would have purchased. Of course. Is it Walking Dead? It is a Walking Dead week. Yes. (laughs) All right. Noted. (laughs) Rick, how about you? Well, this week uh, we have another number one. Actually, we have a lot of them, but uh, noteworthy number one in the Star Wars universe. Is it 
<laughs> this one, you jerk. Okay, there. <laughs> oh, you, you did that one? No, no. I, 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 that's why I had an extra, just in case you pulled that. Okay, go I ahead. haven't pulled all of mine yet, but yeah, this is ahead. one I was going to say. Uh, we have Chewbacca, number one. And what's noteworthy about this was a lot of speculation as to what, what, how Chewbacca was going to be represented. And he is not auto-translated for the reader. He does not have thought balloons. It's just him going... So basically, Chewbacca's like Omega the Unknown. I was thinking that very <laughs> thing. He's mute. Yeah, okay. I, I was thinking that very thing earlier today. Mm. I was thinking, would you have any other... Have we had any other character? Oh, Omega, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Groot. And Groot. Well, Groot is... Yeah. Groot has limited vocabulary. He's not good in the... Actually, we, we've had... Groot's had thought balloons that are pictures, hasn't he? I oh, think, you're thinking Leech. No, I'm thinking Groot. I think Groot, they were like, uh, I, I'm going to have to back in. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I'll, I'll go to one. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a couple number ones, but they're from Image. Uh, actually, one is from Image and one is from Vertigo. So pick up the one that I thought, oh, maybe it's a cute, dark humor that's uh, appropriate for kids. Scotty Young's first ever and Scotty Young has won like a few Eisners. First ever creator-owned uh, title from Image Comics called I Hate Fairyland. Uh-huh. Which uh, has the uh, image on the cover of a very cute little girl um, who has killed everyone in Fairyland. Uh, it's actually, like I said, I, thought it would be, I, I knew it would be kind of a dark comedy, but I thought still because of, of Scotty Young's art, uh, there might be it might be just kind of appropriate like in a Gravity Falls kind of dark comedy way. No, it gets very bloody, but it is a very it, it's a very interesting concept. So she, uh, I, I like the idea. She's a little girl who wishes really hard that she goes to a fantasy land and she's put on a quest by the fairy queen, and then it says. And that was 27 years ago, and she still wow. hasn't solved, like, because they keep adding all these different quest things to it. She hasn't aged. Her brain has. Her mind is 27, uh, is now like 35, uh, but her body is still eight. And so she looks like this cute little girl, but now she's bitter and <laughs> angry. It's and, Rice. And there's uh, a rule. Interview with the vampire. There's a, yes, there's a rule. She looks a lot like that, actually. There's a rule in Fairyland that basically if you've been welcomed, by the ruler of Fairyland, the ruler of Fairyland cannot harm her because now she's wreaking havoc across the landscape. But the queen, by the rules, because she first greeted her and said, you are welcome here, can't harm her. So so the queen's put out a hit on this little girl. And it's um, it's very funny. It's very irreverent. Uh, not for kids. Not for kids, no matter what you think. Uh, the title there, I Hate Fairyland. So uh, it was fun. It was. I was glad I bought it, but I'm not putting it on the, hey, to my son, this is your read pile. This is going away. This is, goes next to Satellite Sam. And if there's a straight issue of Black Kiss 2, that's where it goes. So, wow. No, that's right. I was buying Black Kiss 2, and then I went, oh, God, I don't even want him to even no. know that's, no. that book exists. So, you know, that's it. Uh, anything else that would have been on your list, uh, Nate? Yeah, so Walking Dead counted, all right. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens Shattered Empire. Empire 3. Yes. yes. Which That is on my list. I was wondering I like how they were going to... I, I like that book, too. I, I was wondering how they were going to get them all out in time for Force Awakens. I asked, oh, of course, bi-weekly is the solution. Yes. 
So and it makes more money that way. Make me pay twice in a month. Yeah, well done, well done, Marvel. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, some of the best books that are being published right now. Best shared universe. There is no doubt. I just yeah. didn't. I just don't need all the books in it. You know, <laughs> because I'm also getting involved in the novels. Yeah, and trying to find the time to do that. Yeah, despite the present tense, I am enjoying aftermath. So, <laughs> uh, next up on yours, Rick. Uh, the next one I have, I I am blissfully ignorant of this, but I will react to the cover. This is Lois and Clark number one, a Convergence spinoff. Yes, and um, we've got uh, the character on the cover. Remind you of anybody? Uh, Christopher J. Garcia? No. no. Zod, maybe? Um, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Because uh, if it's uh, if it's Christopher... See, I from a distance, this is out of Convergence. This is the child of Lois and, and Clark, obviously. Okay. That was established in Convergence. So it's like a set, set in the future. It must have been part of Convergence I didn't read. Yeah, it was. Okay. But But... This is further along in the plot line than it would have. The thing is that when they uh, Jeff Johns and Richard Donner did Superman and kind of floated that idea that they that they wouldn't be bad parents. Yeah, um, you know, was the adopted son of Zod, and this also sort of ties in. and And he grew up and became uh, the Nightwing of Candor. So, oh. uh, but um, this also plays Christopher. in. The, yeah, Christopher, who he called Mommy Lois and Daddy Clark. And uh, but this also ties in a little bit visually with the uh, God, um, gods and monsters. Okay. In which Superman is biologically the child of Zod instead of the child of Jor-El. He's still Lara's son, right? But because it's genetic, just kind of information exchange, not the way humans do it. Right. Zod has had taken a you know pushing in and and. Uh, I'm just wondering how many people Brad. are going to look at this and think I love that old Dean. Kane story the that was actually my first glance and going they're doing because they they got yep. Wonder Woman 77 they had yep. Batman 66 Lois, I and, thought Clark. Lois and Clark which, makes sense which I clearly had a mental block against because on the comics to, to TV panel and like I counted up every show I totally you totally forgot f- forgot Lois and Clark and I forgot Superboy um, but, oh yeah but what we realized I and don't because right we haven't podcast since then is when I counted up there are more comics. We should say this was a podcast. Uh, this was a panel you did at Convolution, uh, right after the Bonnie. Right comics after the Bonnie to Bird. television, right? Because last year I'd done comics to film. This year was comics television, and uh, Bremen Bigglestone from Image Comics was on the panel with me, uh, and Beth Velacqua or Beth O O Beth O. She's got a she's got an identity for uh, the Nerdvana podcast, oh. and uh, Landry Q Walker. Uh, who was just announced as uh, writing a Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away for right, the Star Wars universe, right, right. short stories. Uh, so we were on it, and I counted up the night before. I was like doing research, and said, there are more comics-based television series on and about to be on television this year than, have been. than there had been in the previous 50 years. Yeah. That's awesome. That is an amazing. And then Bramman was pointing things out because of some a couple of image things I've forgotten about. Like I'd forgotten about Outcast. Now are you including things like Super Mason? Why would I, what, Super Mason? What's Super Mason? Or, uh, Super Mansion? Mansion. No, 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 no. I'm talking actual with a comics base. Super Mansion doesn't count even though there was a comic. Uh, uh, but that was a comic only at uh, Comic Con. You couldn't get it anywhere else. So that's, uh, I don't count Super Mansion, though that was great. That was funny. You should watch it. Um, 
No, it was just it was just, and I wasn't counting animation because I figured Saturday morning cartoons. You knew there was always something there, but it it, it is just an amazing uh, time. And so I, you know, I had forgotten Lois and Clark. I think people will be suckered in on that, but I think it's probably a good book because Dan Jurgens is writing it. it. I liked that convergence concept. I'm one of those crazy people that thinks the idea of a super of superheroes getting married and having a happy life doesn't mean the book has to be boring. Uh, you know, so I'm for that. Which this is not superheroes getting married, but I do want to because we missed last week DC's new uh, weekly Batman and Robin Eternal. Uh, replacing I, Batman, I Batman Eternal. Eternal, which I liked Batman Eternal. This uh, James Tinney in the fourth and Scott Snyder and Tim Seeley and Paul Pelletier switching off writer writing. Um, oh, actually, I think Paul Pelletier is drawing. Uh, those three writers kind of trading, but it's focusing more on the Robins, on the people that have been his sidekicks and are still alive, which I guess now in continuity they all are. Yeah, um, but a couple that have sort well, of some like, were dead, but they're back, and 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 some faded away before new 52 or didn't you know didn't have a new version introduced in the new 52 so this is introducing them i don't want to spoil it um but you know and then a couple i wasn't familiar with because i'd fallen behind on batman so uh this is really fun there's a secret organization established in the first issue with a dark secret of something that uh that batman did in dick grayson's first year as robin that he shouldn't have done (laughs) So, you know, a dark crime. And, of course, Batman right now, every, him in the car every, everyone believes him, believes him dead. And the Scarecrow is somehow, which I kind of like that the focus is on instead of being the Joker because we just had this amazingly devastating Joker, final Joker story. Don't go back to the Joker now. The Penguin's too obvious because of Gotham. Let's the Scarecrow. You know, it, it makes sense as, as a character who would mess around with Dick Grayson's head. And Especially since they redid him so well for the Arkham Asylum game, yeah, and that the comics have picked that version yes. up now. Uh, that's what we had on the comics TV. You see those kinds of influences, yeah. all those things. When you go back to like Superman, the, some of the iconic things of Superman really aren't Siegel and Schuster's. They radio were for the radio show, show yeah. or for the or for the television series. So anyway, Batman and Robin Eternal second issue's out this week. You have time, pick it up, and not to be at all confused with We Are Robin. Which I don't enjoy nearly as much. I dropped that after the first book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, next up for you, Nate? Next up for me in the final book is Captain America White, number three. Ah. By my favorite writer, Jeff Loeb. That didn't sound as sincere as it could have, but still. Those out of continuity or uh, books have, have all been great. Color books are awesome. Yeah, are they? I don't know where he goes wrong in his other work. Okay, I have <laughs> I have not been picking those up, and actually, Captain America has been one of the ones that I've decided I'm not buying anymore, just because the storyline. I I mean I. I love the the last storyline that I, I really loved was the um, the alternate dimension mm-hmm. with uh, what's his name Baron Zemo. No, not Zemo. It's uh, Television Head. Um, oh yeah, uh, Arnim Zola. Arnim Zola. Yeah. So Zola's children. Yeah. Which carried on for a while after that, uh, which was just a great storyline, and nothing since then has has 
I've found compelling. I mean, even even the Sam Wilson stuff, which I've always liked Sam Wilson as a character, but I think like the first episode of that was interesting, where he was being talked through the adventure by Steve, who was mm-hmm. back in control, and then they dropped that entirely. So, yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Um, okay. And what's next on your stack? Oh, the last thing I have is uh, just a note because I commented on this so many times before, and again. Uh, really no idea how to pronounce this gentleman's name. I'm afraid to. Stephen Sejic. S- just go for the book. Just go His for the book. His last name is S-E-J-I-C. And if so, you have to find it. S-E-J-I-C. The book is Death Vigil, and Dark Horse and Image have collected the first eight issues. Not Dark. You keep saying Dark Horse. Top Cow. Top Cow. Why do I keep saying Dark Horse? I don't know, because they're different. Because Top they're Cow. Spelled I, differently. I haven't been buying Top Cow much of anything yeah. for years. Uh, yeah, Top Cow and Image. Uh, it's a Top Cow book. Uh, the first eight issues, and just flipping th- back through this, I'm just remembering how great this started off, and how they developed the characters. The art's wonderful. And what's the what's the book he's going to be doing? Switch, Switch for Top Cow, replacing Witchblade. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I don't know how long. Actually, he's doing it as a web comic right now. So if you go to the Top Cow website, you well, can Death Vigil's done as a web web comic to first too. See, so. I'm so oblivious to that because my, my Mac Media Flash keeps crashing. Uh-huh. So the plug-in keeps failing wide away when I read a, a webcomic. But this is g- good stuff. I'm looking forward to so picking it's it up. Not as, it's not as good a deal. We were talking before the podcast. It's not as good a deal as a lot of these first volumes because it's twenty four ninety nine. But uh, it's eight issues, which is most, issues, are, so. most are five. Yeah. Uh, I realized what it was that Marvel had that I thought was a little overpriced, even though I'm excited for it. Uh, that I, but I had all the original issues was Damage Control. There's a complete uh, reprint of Damage Control yeah. available this week for thirty five dollars. Wow! And I thought I think there's only eight issues of that, and I really get I think there's only two miniseries. Unless and I, they they've appeared in other books too. Maybe, uh, but I you know I get I get annoyed. I think they were like in a Marvel team up. I I just get annoyed when it's material that old. Yeah, getting jacked up, and if Marvel did a better job of binding which they really don't on most of those thick paperbacks. They're yeah. really not put together that well. That's my that, that would be my – I love getting the content, but I always feel like – It's got two reads and it's going to be falling apart. Yeah, you know, two reads? You have time for two reads? That's well, amazing. you and your son. That's true. That's about all we – yeah, yeah. Uh, the last book for me uh, this week – it was – here I complain, but, but as you pointed out, it was 40 pages for four ninety nine. Um, from Vertigo, because we haven't really paid much attention to Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first, con- uh, first, Image has gotten a lot of, uh, you know, our love for these offbeat kind of books like Death Vigil, like Saga. Right. And so kind of the way Vertigo used to be. But Vertigo's coming back. Yeah. And so this is Gilbert Hernandez from Love and Rockets, uh, those bros Hernandez, and uh, Darwin Cook co created this story uh which i liked that there was it, it even felt like spot from the prisoner mm-hmm. these globes come up they're setting up in in the way that love and rockets do, does his uh, art style's gotten more mature darwin cooks yeah yeah uh you know no well because this is a more mature book and yeah. he's been doing that those parker adaptations for idw yeah, those been great. so uh this is just an interesting setup i think it's four issues 40 pages each sci-fi story mystery and then i saw all these house ads for things that i'm like oh my gosh this dang it i want to buy this yeah they, and i want to buy that and i want a sandman chess set i want an endless chess set uh, i'm putting it on my christmas list um 
one thing that totally, how much is the Sandman chest? chest uh, it doesn't say, and I'm not. You gonna, have to buy him one a month, or oh, I hope not. I think it's just you buy it once. Uh, but they're reviving Lucifer, Lucifer, which I did not. But in time for, of course, the Fox series. Wasn't that originally a Vertigo book? It is a Vertigo. This is a Vertigo. Oh, book. pardon me. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yes. so you wonder why we talked about <laughs> things a couple years ago? You don't remember? We just talked about this being a Vertigo book. No, um, I, I mean, I right. Sure. But this is written by Holly Black, who is the creator of the Spiderwick Chronicles. Remember that children's book series? Yes. And she collaborated with, and I can't remember the title of it, she collaborated on a book with Ted Knife a couple years ago, too. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, what was that? The, the good, good Neighbors, The Kind Neighbors, something like that. Um, kindly? The Kindly, maybe The Kindly Neighbors. I think Neighbors was in the title. Okay. But anyway, um, a really interesting supernatural writer if you remember the original Lucifer Mike Carey series, uh, which is being reprinted by Vertigo in trade paperback right now, um, I thought it ended pretty definitively. Uh-huh. But speaking of the um, star on the walk of fame, it's Lucifer with his angel wings landing on, how oh, how sacrilegious, in Hollywood on God's star on the, uh, on the walk of fame. So, um, Does God have a star on the walk of fame? They're all his. What does star? What does God need with a star? Oh, thanks, Kirk. Um, and we've now. And this episode is yeah, the Star Trek Five of Fanboy Planet podcasts. You hold that book up for. I'll have to show you something. So I saw this because this is an audio podcast. I saw me. this book this afternoon. It was at least this far away from from yeah. me as it is from you right now. And I thought that I saw the glasses and then I saw the Hitler mustache underneath it. Oh. It's an interesting design. I didn't really see it from a, from a distance. That is an interesting graphic design. I and love they're Darwin in, Cook. They're in like South America, South America, um, on a beach in South really America. It's really unclear. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking Nazis and no. Like, I mean, I think it could be like a San Diego border town, something like that too. I, yeah. I'm not because sh- they're really not clear. They're, I believe the U.S. government gets involved because of this these fears appearing. So. Yeah. Um, and they're not saying they're. Cross- I was thinking boys from Brazil right off from the descri- yeah. description of it. No, so. really. but the, but what Rick describes the Hitler mustache is actually a silhouette of three children looking up at. But a they're light. positioned on the face yes. as if yes. it would be right beneath the nose. Yes, but the design actually makes more sense once you read the book. It's I like understand. you know conceptual. So uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of a little off the beaten path this week. But I, I wanted to uh, to make some choices like that to see if these were decent books to recommend so let's move to movies um marvel shook their schedule up for Mm -hmm. the marvel cinematic universe this week uh or i guess it was last weekend where they moved they announced that there will be a sequel to ant-man ant-man and the wasp so actually the first speaking of we just talked about comics with female leads this is the first marvel movie with a female title character yes even though it's and the it's and the but what it did was knocked back what would have been the first Marvel movie with a female title character. Captain Marvel has moved back a year mm-hmm. so that Ant-Man and the Wasp could take that slot. And then they moved up Black Panther by about six months. So it's going to come out in March. I think it's a smart move because I'm sure that the Ant-Man um, films are costing them a lot less than everything else they've got on their docket as far as special effects and and uh, and the number of stars, big stars they have in it, because you know Evangeline Lilly and and uh, Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd, neither one of them is is necessarily in the 
Robert Downey Jr. or even um, to be honest, only Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, is in the Robert Downey Jr. Helms, or Chris Helmsworth. Uh, Chris no, you know why Hemsworth? Why Chris, Chris Hemsworth is not in that schedule either? Because he doesn't really hasn't had really had a hit outside of yeah being Thor. But but in any case, it, it lets them take a breath. And they and the first film was so good. Why not capture some of that lightning in a year and a half bottle? Uh, from, well, 2018, so still three years, okay. three years off. But yeah. uh, no, it's just shifting around the phase, what they call the phase three, right? Um, so that is interesting. And what people have been noticing and is sort of – the thing is that this whole Disney – they re- they did a whole thing of the – and you can find it on Fanboy Planet, the, the uh, docket of what the Disney animated films are, where the Pixar movies go – it's starting two years out, so it says at the end of 2017. Yeah. What's missing from the Disney empire there is, of course, Star Wars. And I realized, so one of the things is like Black Panther has gone into March. Well, that has become Warner Brothers' DC slot. And I thought, oh, they're taking on DC. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Black Panther will now go up against The Flash, which cannot take the hit, really, as far as I can tell from this point. But realizing, well, of course now Marvel has to vacate May, right? Because what ha- what's happening in May from Disney for the next decade and thrice decades, and you know, is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is going back to going back to May, and they don't want to counter program any of their own stuff up against it. So where we used to have a Marvel movie can't be there anymore. Wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be great though if they did? I mean, they could just leave those films in, in the theaters longer. Do one at the beginning longer. of the month and one at the end of the month. Yeah, I just let them overlap or something. And then you have, like, what movie you want to go see? God, there's so many good choices. Let's, Let's go, go see. see two movies today. Yeah. How, how often does that work out for you, Nate? Uh, whenever my wife is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm saying the same thing. It's like I, I say that knowing, like, I, I almost went to see two movies this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, because my son thought about it, and then we, we dodged, I dodged a bullet, apparently, because he decided he didn't want to see Pan at the last minute. But you can see one great movie one weekend, and the next weekend you can see another great movie. But I realized with my schedule that the only time I've seen movies lately has been taking my kids. Yeah. And so it, it's... Uh, I've not had like their movies that you saw. You know, I I didn't. I still haven't seen Man from Uncle, which I wanted to see. Mm. Oh God! What? <laughs> this won't go uh, anywhere with this crowd because nobody has worked with this guy. But Henry Cavill's performance in Man from Uncle is pretty much a perfect impersonation of this guy I worked with. Uh, <laughs> You have to know him. You have to know him. Yeah. And right after the movie, I texted him and said, dude, you have to go see Man from Uncle Henry Cavill is doing you for two hours, and it's perfect. Huh. Well, it's 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 a story worth telling, you I'm, know. So I'm sure, I'm sure he was. Uh, but my point uh, is, I you know I haven't seen it, so I do get that there are a lot of people that it is one movie a month, even fans. You, you know, some of us, life gets busy. I understand. You know, understand. so, and and unfortunately now everything is, well, because it just came out, you know, this is the thing about, uh, was the movie Everest tanked because. Shocking. It, because it's supposedly a very good movie. I don't know. Um, no, but no, up against The be. Martian, they were both being touted as you had to see it in IMAX 
And so basically the belief is that even though Everest got great reviews, everybody knew The Martian was coming. And if you're going to spend that much money on one movie, you're going to go see The Martian. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think there are, that it still pays off that much. May, I, I agree. I'm like, oh, yeah, the beginning of the month. But then I think, think, oh, crap. But, you know, at a certain point, you know, that's going to be that's Star Wars month. Well, and, then, gonna, I mean, and then that schedule doesn't even include where does Spider-Man go? Right. Where does Fox throw in their movies? Which we saw Trader for Deadpool. And Luke leaned over to me. We saw the Scorch Trials on, on Friday night. <laughs> Kid McCaw leaned over to me and said, uh, during the Deadpool trailer, he goes, I can't wait until I'm old enough for you to let me see that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, couple years you know um if you have a written note of permission from your mother maybe (laughs) but i don't think you're old enough even in my weird judgment well uh, thank god they don't have to program against netflix and tv too you know (laughs) because tv's doing a crappy job of that on its own well tv TV, no well tv's going to be loading us up for the next six months and then netflix is going to dump a bunch of must watch binge stuff on us as well oh yeah no i'm just saying um we'll get to that uh yeah so it's interesting um and uh speaking of things back from the dead we're not deadpool right uh bill Jameis, remember him the guy who uh started the renaissance of marvel with uh joe casada way back in like 2000 no. started the ultimate universe not ringing a bell oh the, i i remember the ultimate universe <laughs> it's gone now i it? oh nate i wish you could see rick's face right now because i don't know if he's messing with my head or if really he just decided to double down and hope i'd think he'd mess, <laughs> he was messing with my head yeah bill james was the one they brought in and he brought in joe casada and casada brought in bendis and started you know uh Bill uh, James wrote the very horrible Marvel comic uh, from from Marvel. That Many, one was that's the short pants Marvel. Uh, I don't know if you the did, green and white outfit. Uh, no, no, no. That was oh Grant Morrison. That was Marvel Boy. No, right, right, right. Marvel was horrible. Don't even. I don't. That I, was the one with all the provocative covers. Uh, yes, done Greg by Horn did all Greg the covers. Horn. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he. Uh, I think we talked about on the podcast maybe a couple months ago that he was doing an entire comic book line based on the Night of the Living Dead because that's in public mm. domain. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, he's got a movie deal <laughs> for he's going to create a superhero universe set in the uh, Night of the Living Dead universe. Um, <clears throat> and it's called, uh, he's got a deal with Lionsgate for the first call, the first superhero team that is zombie based called. Well, what would you what would you call it if you were derivative of the company that fired you because you were such an a hole? I'd call them the Z Men. You would because that's what he's calling them. Yes, Lionsgate Good is thing going. You didn't call them the C Men. <laughs> oh, hi oh. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. And oh, enjoy those jokes while your daughter doesn't understand them. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's got to deal with Lionsgate for that, and I, I just feel like. They might be. I, I read he had some preview issues online, some preview art, and there was like nothing impressive about launching twelve books set in the Night of the Living Dead universe, really? and they're not particularly well drawn. And I didn't nice. think particularly well scripted, but he got to deal with Lionsgate. But I predict he'll pay for good covers. 
I don't think he even did that. No. I think it's like hers. And and I shouldn't slag because I've had a couple of nice exchanges with Bill Jameis. And, yeah. um, you know, as, as I was saying at dinner, uh, that, you know, as we convert pieces from Fanboy Planet, it's like, oh, that's right. I've talked to that guy. And, oh, yeah, I've talked to that person. And Bill Jameis is one of those people. I, I'm sure he's nice enough. But I was completely behind Marvel's decision to get rid of him because I thought he was trash talking. To, he was playing Marvel and DC too much like the WWE. We need to take a moment and explain. Derek keeps talking about converting pieces from the what is the legacy. Hopefully, website. you've noticed that FanboyPlanet.com has a whole new look, and uh, you know because you visited. And Go to visit. Yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you just get us on the Stitcher app. You know? Or. Or iTunes, and that's that's cool. But you should visit fanboyplanet.com. I don't think we even need the www anymore. That's so two thousand eight. No, never did. Never did. Uh, so just go to fanboyplanet.com, and you'll see. And I'm I'm busy converting uh, probably at about a rate of about six or seven interviews a night for now, and, and doing features. And it's just interesting to go back and 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 see all those things. The old legacy articles to the, the new format. There, there's fifteen years worth of content and uh, many many interviews. Uh, so. At any rate, uh, that's that's all we'll say for Lionsgate and Z-Men right now. Universal, of course, has talked about they're going to reboot um, their horror films. They had done Dracula Untold. And now they were going to talk about it, rebooting The Mummy again, even though, you know, maybe, I've just reached that age. You've you've rebooted it on me already. We're by having the horror mummy, not the Brendan Fraser mummy? Well, but the Brendan Fraser one was supposed to be a reboot of the Universal Horror Mummy. Are you serious? That was awful. In I enjoyed it, but it wasn't scary at all. Uh, you know, yeah, that was supposed to be a reboot. That was that was rebooting the Mummy there. So um, oh, they had, they had talked about rebooting them all as as heroes, and now it's sort of like no, 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 they're villains, they're monsters. Um, but they're open to having the f- Mummy be female in this new version. And I think you mentioned uh, with I Hate uh, Fairyland that it reminded you of the Anne Rice, and I realized Anne Rice wrote a book called the mummy and that was there was a female mummy in that uh, well that was ramses the damned ramses the damned was the name of the book yeah but but it was cleopatra that was the evil there was an evil female mummy yeah in that so um i think i it makes more sense to me that they would just call it ramses the damned and uh i guess slap the mummy on it and then have the immortal trying to stop his lover who was too rapacious in her in her eating human souls I uh, wish I knew when The Mummy came out that it was a reboot of the Universal Monsters Mummy because I would have hated the movie. It has nothing to do with the Universal Monsters Mummy. You mean the one with, with uh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser? Fraser? And Arnold Vosloo yeah, Imhotep? Yeah. Didn't yeah. like it. And no. the roller coasters. I liked it great when it came out, but I didn't realize it was a reboot of the Universal Monsters Mummy. Okay. Well... Well, I don't know why that colors your opinion now, 17 or 18 years later. It does. <laughs> wow. And then The Mummy 2 gave us The Rock. Come on. As the yeah, Scorpion King. Yeah. It was. Oh, my God. As the CG, CG is horrible. King. Oh, the CG is terrible. Um, the waxy face. But I do think that the roller coaster is uh, is very frightening. I haven't been on the roller coaster. On, on University. It's funny storytelling because basically Imhotep wins. Yeah, you end up dead with the he's stolen your soul. Nice, and you go into into darkness. And I went. I don't know why this ride's so popular. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, the the monster movie we're now looking forward to in 2020. 
Godzilla versus King Kong is going to be official and apparently at least special effects wise well done. Um, I'm very confused. Again, you can read it on about it on fanboyplanet.com. I'm confused by the legal wrangling of a few years ago. Legendary uh, Productions had been with Warner Brothers. They they produced the Dark Knight trilogy. They produced Man of Steel. They did a bunch of like basically if Warner Brothers had a great movie. Uh, that was you know like a, a tent pole yeah. other than Harry Potter. It yeah. was legendary, so it, that's no joke. That was you know it was from Legendary Pictures, and then they left. It was big. There was a big breakup between Warner Brothers and Legendary, and they went to Universal. So Godzilla was Universal, uh, and I thought, oh, that means that they, I don't think you were there the year that Comic Con had the Godzilla experience, and it was like, no, I wasn't. Oh, please put that in right. at Universal Studios. That would be awesome, and they didn't do it. Um, so is this a sequel to that Godzilla? Yes. Excellent. So okay. what's happened, and this is what I'm confused by, apparently Legendary has left Universal and is now co-producing with Warner Brothers again. Okay. So this is the this is the, the franchise trail. In 2017, we're going to get Kong Skull Island starring Tom Hiddleston. Cool. And uh, that's kind of kind of tell the origins of Kong. By the same people who just did the last Godzilla. Who just did the last Godzilla, right? Okay, good. Okay, and then Godzilla 2 will be in 2018, directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed the last Godzilla. Okay. And then the two, and that one's going to include Mothra and Ghidra, and there's a third monster that I'm, I'm, it's not Gamera. Gamera. No, Gamera's not owned. Gamera's not owned by the same, Gamera has never actually appeared with Godzilla. It's, that's a competitive studio. Right, 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 right. Um, Tohei. Toho. 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 Who at the same time is all, they're also going to, Toho is doing their own line of Godzilla movies again. Uh, and so all these monsters together are going to come into one glorious 2020 film of Kong, of Godzilla versus King Kong. And it's all being tied together. I think that Skull Island it would be separate because it's in the past. Right. But it's all being tied together by the organization that uncovered the beasts in Godzilla, the first Godzilla, and the first Godzilla called Monarch. So there's the we've got right, that the, human, we saw the Mothra. We've got the human anchoring group. But w- there was a scene where we panned through one of the rooms. There was a calendar that said Mothra. Yes, I thought it was. A, I thought there was a case that said Mothra. No, it was a calendar. Was it was. It? A, it was like it was a. It was a throwaway joke. It wasn't meant okay. to be um, a real. You know. Uh, so. They are moving forward, but I can't remember what they called those monsters in that. They, they looked too much like Independence Day for my taste. Um, that they were the giant insect things. They anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. But so there's this organization like the Science Patrol called Monarch that it, that was the, the centerpiece of Godzilla, and they'll be the linking humans. Doesn't Moth- Mothra starts off as larvae and then yes. spins a cocoon and then comes yes. out as Mothra? No word if we're going to get singing twins. Oh, please. We gotta have. The little... Well, unfortunately, one of them just passed away. Oh, you know, like eighty. Yeah. So, but it's, a, but it's funny to be well, like smaller a, people do longer. Uh, but it's a funny, it's a funny thing that 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 you know, somebody gets locked in so culturally as like you only know them as that little right as that those little singing I twins. Had Fifteen minutes in a movie in the 50s. you know, and then it's like oh, you know, she's eighty, um, and uh, yeah. So uh, no word because the other legendary film that I think fits in would be Pacific Rim, which they just canceled Pacific Rim too. But uh, it would make sense. Oh, throw in the Mecha Godzilla. Throw in the uh, oh, sure. throw in the the Jaegers uh, from that, and uh, I don't care how badly written the script is. The only thing I, I hope just show them to be fighting. You know the bad thing about Godzilla versus King Kong, the original movie was it was on an island. 
right? So they didn't they didn't fight in a in a city, and the city I think no, is. I think they're going to fight in a city. I think they got to fight in a city because you got to give. I think Kong has gets gets his advantage. It's from gonna being able it's to gonna be it's gonna down. be the thriller in Manila with Godzilla and a gorilla. Oh, yeah. yeah. You so, had that on your pocket. I had that in my pocket, ready to go. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be cool. Um, yeah. And the other thing was with the original King Kong vs. Godzilla, depending on which uh, market you watched it in. Who won? Who won, yeah. yeah. Godzilla won in Japan. Of course. King Kong won in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's sort of he like. He fights for democracy. It's sort freedom. of like. <laughs> Oh, if it's just like Truth, I just justice I just America no, way. I just saw Rocky Four with Godzilla uh, with King Kong getting to the room, living in America, <laughs> taking off the hat in the cape. No, it was James, in Rocky Four. It was James Brown, uh, right? You don't have to top me with a different song in a different movie. Uh, okay, that's that's Rocky Three. Building the soundtrack, man. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought that was the Trump campaign. Oh no, no, no. That's not. It's Kim Davis was Eye of the Tiger. Right, right. right. Uh, Aerosmith, Aerosmith to sue Trump. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, get it while you can, Dream boys. on. Dream on. Get it while you can. Let's move to television, shall we? Uh, I like TV. We, uh, because this week, the greatest episode of television for comic book fans that will ever be aired, aired, uh, which was last night's... Uh, wait, just, yeah, that was Tuesday. I stayed up late to watch it was that. last night. Last night, Flash, uh, episode two of uh, season two, actually called flash of two worlds two 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 oh it was i think they planned it i way. you know maybe i was disappointed that there wasn't more jake herrick in the season premiere because i totally expected it yeah and then that makes perfect sense why it would be just I, two, uh, two, the two. first episode was fine the way they had it i mean there was a lot of stuff going on in that first episode no i i understand but i thought because the helmet had teased us you know right. we'd, we'd just come out of the gate with it so the uh, war of the americas is anybody upset yes by jay garrick's age that he's not old. Bothered. Yes, my, uh, my son is. Hmm. Uh, I am somewhat as well because this is that where... That was my, oh, literally my only problem with the entire episode. You know, I, I... I don't mind that he lost his powers. That's fine. Maybe be, going between the two Earths, you lose your powers for a little while. But he should have been older. He He's he's older enough for me than Jay is. Here's the problem. I mean, than, than, uh, than, than, than Wally. Than Barry is. Barry, than Wally, Barry, and... <laughs> Scooter. Um, yes. We'll, we'll try to wrap this up soon. Don't so judge can, me. So you can get to bed. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'd say you were sundown. He's older enough, nine. though. He, Here's he, my he thing. did take a fatherly... It's the CW yeah. version of it, and that's For my the problem. CW, he was a geriatric <laughs> As my favorite quote, uh, a criticism of, of those superheroes is like, I love it. And then you get CW all over my yeah. superheroes. And that's the problem, is the producers even said that. It's like, oh, he's got that big brother role. I'm like, that's not Jay's... Right. role and i was even willing if you had said my world and then realized there's a discrepancy in the calendar and, but then when he said it was the war of the americas right. I'm like okay so it's are you leaving us room for great exploration of a completely alternate history yeah i think so because i don't think they're ever going to get to it i think it's going to be this throw unless they do a spin-off justice society uh on earth too like the originals off of vampire diaries and uh because that's what cw does it i I was thinking about it like i it never you know i always assumed yes that he his winged helmet was both mercury and looked like a world war one helmet yeah i don't think it was of course they never put this much thought into or this much explanation i should say into the actual golden age comics i don't think it was ever mentioned that See, there's what that was my hope is like uh, Jay Garrett could be old enough 
could have been old enough that because uh, it's going to get deep and comic nerdy that he could have potentially fought in World War One because they don't say yeah. how much time passed between the accident that turned. If you go back to that first story in Flash Comics, how much time passed between the accident that gave him his super speed and how much time before he helped Joan save her father? Because we'll go back. Uh, it is he has the accident? He joins the football team at the college, uh-huh. wins the game because he can outrun everyone, and then a year later graduates, and then years later Joan comes back and he finds him playing tennis with himself because he was really good at covering up his superpowers, and she says only one man could do that, Jay Garrick, because she had you know she knew he could run that fast, so it, it's like, that could have been a decade, you know I I don't know because it also comes from a time when. If you were an adult in comics, you were much older than, you know, and even in the 60s, especially DC, you know, I, oh, yeah, Barry the, is much older than the way they, the way that Grant Gustin appears. Yes. They, you know, but the 60s, you were older at 25 than you are now. You were mature. You were mature. As, as, as yeah. it, it, 25 in the 60s was older than, than I am now. And, uh, so because, but without, without that, let's not dwell on that because I think it's, I think we, we've already said for the CW, he was he's, very he's old. ancient. <laughs> he's ancient, but but so much good stuff in there, and the fact that we're all we're all already jumping to the fact to who who uh, Professor Zoom is, or did, no, he's not. Call, he just he's called just him Zoom. Zoom. Yeah, he's just Zoom because the Reverse Flash was Professor Zoom, right? But that's a different that character. Is confusing. No, 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 because there are two different characters, even yeah. in Jeff Johns's reboot. I so know. Reverse Flash is the one responsible if you want to follow the comics. Um, probably the thing that he's most well known for now would have been creating the Flashpoint paradox. Right. Uh, right. So Flashpoint was caused by by that uh, by Eobard Thawne, Reverse Flash, also occasionally known as for reasons that I still have never found a good explanation for Professor Zoom. Mm-hmm. But there is a different character who was uh, a cop named Hunter Zolomon, who had an accident that gave him the speed. Uh, but he became known as Just Zoom. His take, then they've they've taken some of his motivation and they gave it to Reverse Flash, but for but changed it was that he believed that he had to heighten Barry's abilities. I th- I think he might have faced Wally first, but Wally doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. It's back to Barry. So. Um, that he heightened his abilities and was throwing other villains against Flash to make him better so that he'd be the best hero that he could be. So if he could take him down, he was the best villain. So that sort of makes sense, though they haven't really explored, by throwing other characters, other villains against him mm-hmm. to try to kill him, then that that sort of goes like he's toughening him or weakening him. It's almost like what Bane did with Batman back in Nightfall. Right. Back in the 90s. My problem, and I realized this last night, and just kind of a weird thing, is of the villains that he's faced two episodes, he's killed two. Barry has killed both villains. Not out and out. To I mean, the one last Not night. Not purposely. Right. But yes, actually, the one last night. The Sam one last Damon night was, was pretty killed much, on purpose. Yeah. There's no... There's no other question he because yeah. he could have run fast enough to save him from falling and shattering right um you know so i don't like that in the first season if a villain died it was purely accidental mm-hmm. but more were i mean that's because why, why so who was the other one 
uh, Adam Smasher died. Adam Adam Smasher, yeah. Adam Smasher died at the end of the first episode. How did he? I mean, uh, overdose on radiation, died of radiation poisoning immediately. All right. And uh, he says, "I was going to go home." Yeah. He didn't even realize that was the edge from WWE. That was like they'd announced his casting like a couple months ago. I didn't even put together that that was a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, they did a pretty good job no, as Adam no, Smasher, they though they you know ruined the character, but uh, by making him a villain. And Adam Smasher currently in Earth Two is a isn't he a hero? Yeah, he's the godson right. of of the original Golden Age Adam, right? right. Of Al Pratt. So Albert Rothstein, he had done a villainous thing, which for not a, right. it wasn't villainous. He had swapped his mother for Extant, the uh, the zero hour villain uh, who had been Hawk. Uh, it gets confusing. This is why people yeah. don't read comics. And he had swapped him in a plane crash. Like he'd use the time travel. Oh, so, so he saved his mother uh-huh. and put Extant in there so that the number of bodies that people that were supposed to die in the plane crash. And quite honestly, you know, and so there was this judgment that he had condemned a villain to death, mm. but it was in order to save his mom. So it was like, you know, there was a lot of back and forth on that for a couple of years. He'd been a little troubled, and I think he might have been. I oh know there was another Adam Smasher. I think Damage became Adam Smasher for a while, right? Yeah, you know, so he's got the because he was scarred, facial scars, he was yeah. facially scarred. So, uh, you know, but it's still that they recreated the cover of Flash of Two Worlds of that first Flash. That was so awesome. It was not as squee-worthy for me because they'd released it as an image a few months ago. And we, it was a drawing, though. No. I had a, there's a photograph on the oh. old, on the Legacy Fanboy Planet. They released a publicity photo where it wasn't the same setup. It was actually they'd used a brick wall. They, didn't, they weren't doing like a brick pillar to kind of like just emulate it. They'd really recreated as a photograph the two of them running so um but okay so that was still outside and it was still a woman right uh, right it was right a, but i'm just a shapely woman but i'm just saying whereas the original was, was a, man. a man yeah yeah but i'm i'm, I'm saying it, I, it, I, it didn't quite squeeze to me because i had run that picture and gone like i knew they were very aware of that being an and i image. i had no idea it was coming and i just saw it kind of come together in front of me and i went wait a minute that's yeah so and in CW geriatric terms, I mean, they really kind of walked, uh, you know. Yeah, they, they just kind of trotted. They trotted. Since Jay doesn't have speed, it's right, like, right. heck, no, you go on without me. Go ahead. But they both go said, ahead. They both said, they both answered to Flash. And Save it, Patty. It coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's interesting. And Patty Spivet is, you know, in the comics right now is named 52, so. Spivet. 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 Yes, Patty Spivet. And what's her story? I like how she said her name 50 times yes, during the episode. Because her- she's a Jeff Johns creation, and in the new 50, anything adapted from New 52 has to hammer home. See, Jeff Johns is a creative genius. You love her. Um, is she just a cop in the... Uh, uh, she's the replaced Iris. So when, when the New 52 start, actually even after Flashpoint, before New 52... Okay. No, I guess actually Flashpoint, that was New 52. When Flash resumed... Patty Spivet was his love, love interest. Iris was just a reporter that he knew. Okay. So Patty has been the love interest in the book all along. So hmm. it's a way to CWIs. So now that we've got stability sure with Iris, we've got to throw something we, got in a there. Met, we don't have stability with Iris because she's still, 
Because well, she knows it's, she knows Barry's Barry, the Flash. Because Barry is playing Kyle Rayner here and going, "Oh, I could have saved everybody, but I didn't. I'm not worthy to be the Flash." Right. Uh, you know, the real hero was Ronnie, which I liked that. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Steve, not Stephen Amell. Rob Amell uh, tweeted out a photo of himself, a still of himself as Firestorm, and said, "You haven't seen the last of me." I'm like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> you know, we, well, we've already seen uh, the the uh, professor. Yeah, is gonna is doing a doing transformation, which yeah. I think is what was gonna happen in in Legends of of, uh, of, the of tomorrow. Of the tomorrow, yeah. Legends of tomorrow is that I mean that's a that's a turn that Firestorm took is that he will uh, that both Martin and Ronnie will be able to form the Matrix with other people. It's just strongest and best when it's them. Mm. Um, you know, so uh, I just want more Captain Cold and Heat Wave. Really, I, I'm I'm missing that we're only seeing these little cameos right. from Captain Gold, Cold and like, come on. What was the line I saw recently? It was just, he he's so droll. He is so coldly droll whenever he delivers. It is the, so well written. Oh, it is all, so well acted. We're all good friends now. Yeah, he is so well acted. I I'm so thrilled by that. Um, so uh, we should also talk that uh, it was. Uh, I think it was Variety broke today, or it was the Hollywood Reporter broke, that uh, FX is trying to develop Why the Last Man, the Vertigo graphic novel series with Brian, uh, created by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. Our uh, lunch, buddy. Our, not yet. He still owes us. Uh, again, hanging out at a party and saying, this counts as lunch, right? No. No, Brian. It does not. Um, anyway, uh, though it was nice of you to acknowledge that you owed us lunch. Uh, so, uh, why the last one? I, I didn't realize. New Line, I knew it's been in and out of development as a film for a while. The New Line they wanted to do was a trilogy. Then they wanted to cut it down to a TR film. And the reason why we get this announcement today is that finally the option for New Line ran out and Brian K. Vaughn. And this is why you don't see a lot of the old classic uh, Vertigo stuff coming up is because Vertigo was creator owned and Warner Brothers does not like that it was creator owned oh. because that means they've let some really popular things slip through their fingers so they have to do extra but you know that's just one of those behind the scenes machinations Brian K. Vaughan owns the rights completely with I guess with I shouldn't say completely with Pia Guerra for uh, Why the Last Man and so they're looking for another writer to help develop it just because I think that Vaughn has a lot on his plate. Uh, I had not real. I had forgotten. I did. I did remember that he had originally developed under the dome for Showtime. He oh. was the original. Uh, it ended up on CBS, right? But it was originally developed for Showtime. For Showtime. Hmm. And so he had been the showrunner in the first uh, season, and then he quit. I think because Saga took off, and there were a couple other projects that he got involved in. And of course, he'd been a writer on Lost, so he knows television very well. It's just. He, he's a very much in demand creator, so it'd be kind of interesting to have why the last man where one man all these women throughout the world probably coming around the time we have a first female president, which is something that figures in the. Do the you book. think are we going to go poli- political there? You think it's going to? I be? just think it'd be interesting. Why wouldn't it be the first Jewish president? Or why wouldn't you think it'd be the thing f- about Jewish it people? Wouldn't, it wouldn't, why the last man? It wouldn't be the you know, or why wouldn't it be the first completely Actually, I think there, insane? I think there are some Jewish people in it because I think there's a Mossad agent. Yes, wouldn't there be a you know? I know I'm talking about real life now. Would, oh, you know, why, would why wouldn't ever? it be a completely insane uh, billionaire president? Batman will be president. Why is no one vo- uh, running Bruce Wayne? Um, yeah, it's uh, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I do have to watch those debates, uh, but it's just, you know, 
I, I just don't want to say anybody is a foregone conclusion. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay, I won't, I won't, no spoilers. We could have our first no spoilers for the next presidential election. No, I won't tell you. We could have our first zombie American president. Okay, um, I thought that was a crazy billionaire. <laughs> and maybe how did how does he keep his hair so lustrous and alive? Wax. <laughs> maybe or is it brains? Uh, so, uh, at New York Comic Con this weekend, uh, we we did get to run the trailer because it was one of those Disney and Netflix threw up their hands because I like saw on Facebook links to it constantly on YouTube, and by the time I would get there, it'd be gone. Disney has pulled this coverage, so they finally officially released the teaser trailer, which is I think ultimate in teasing for Daredevil season two, which just gave the glimpse of the back of John Barenthal's head as the Punisher. And uh, I think it's Karen looking at an X-ray of Matt's head, but it right. looks like the Punisher's oh, like symbol. symbol yeah. So, and, and then the you see skull. a little bit of Electra putting on her mask. Right. Uh, and that's it. After watching, sitting through two minutes of recap of right. the, uh, right, right. I sorry, it's a minute and a half of recap of season one. But apparently, they just totally surprised everyone and showed the entire first episode of Jessica Jones, and at New York Comic Con, and the room went nuts cool and you just mentioned you were you've been re- well i just bought the first two volumes they just came out had again. you read it originally i i always real hit and miss on that i i read I, the whole thing because it was like luke cage was in some of it and i was like it was the one time uh, i could recall michael goodson uh you know actually heckling bennis it was one of the origins of uh, of our good relationship with brian michael bennis because you know it we went to that panel and it just it's something about you can't do um, <clears throat> a certain act that seemed to be the hallmark of Alias's first few episodes, uh-huh. uh, first few issues. Uh, you know, you can't get away with that in a comics code book. <laughs> and, and Goodson yelled out, if anyone can, you can. <laughs> so it was just in the can. Uh, so uh, I want to revisit that too. But, uh, you know, people are really, really into this series. It'll be like great reaction. Now, of course, the thing is, at a Comic-Con, you do have an audience predisposed to loving Oh, you. yeah. Okay. But I also suspect that as, uh, say, inappropriate as Daredevil might be for children that are used to the Marvel movie universe, mm-hmm. um, you know, just you know, it's the same thing. It's a darker, more adult corner. But Daredevil was so well done. I finally finished Daredevil. Yes. What'd you think? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I had, uh, on my last job when I was a post-production PA for an Amazon show, it was a lot of downtime because you're uploading footage on a computer. So you're sitting there waiting for 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I was just subbing for someone. I was like, what do you want me doing while this stuff is going on? He's like, dude, you can watch cat videos if you want. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I will watch Daredevil. I watched six episodes at work and watched the last two at home. It was awesome. All right. Okay. Yeah, so it is. And then the rumor is, and I'm not sure which show it's supposed to get folded into, but uh, as the Punisher and Elektra are showing up in Daredevil Season 2, the rumor... The term is being backdoored in. No, well, because it's a backdoor pilot. That's what, yeah, that's a very old term. Okay. Yeah, yeah. for uh, as they as they are being introduced, uh, Moon Knight. But I'm not sure where that Moon Knight's supposed to fit. If he's going to be in Luke Cage, if he's going to be in Iron Fist, uh, I could see him being in Iron Fist. I could even see him being in Defenders. Well, Defenders comes after. I just don't know if we I have know. the time to wait that long. Uh, you know, life's pretty short. By the time, because really, by the time you get around, because Daredevil season two 
originally wasn't was supposed it, to happen until after the defendant. It was going to, yeah, there was going to, you were just going to roll Daredevil yeah. to Luke, you know, and, and I think Iron Fist, they may be holding off because they want to see what happens with Doctor Strange. Mm. Maybe because Iron Fist is a little more mystically based. I think they'd laid it out in Daredevil with stick and, and yeah. the hand. Yeah. But, uh, but I've I've heard that a lot. That that's that's Marvel's problem right now is trying to figure out what approach do you want to do with with Iron Fist, and I I think just the pure approach will do it. Try yeah, it. Do it the way that it is. Are in you kidding? I mean, it's like again, it's sort of like that joke that on Saturday Night Live with Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel could do like five scary ghosts in sheets, and will and will make two hundred million dollars. You know, it, it, it's kind of because or five guys you've never heard of because we want to know. What are you going to throw at us? Not necessarily what we want, but are, uh, give us what we want, but give, but give us what we don't know we want. Because we trust you, and it's all been entertaining so far. And they've earned it. They've yeah. earned it. They absolutely have. Um, you know, so yeah, we shall see. Uh, of course, uh, I want to talk a little bit about videos and to- video games and toys that uh, Star Wars Battlefront has been in beta. A lot of great response. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody I know played it. I played it at D23. For a little bit. For a little bit. Not the same thing as being in, in and not to dismiss it's, it. It's it's a battlefront game. It's beautiful. It's it's a it's a battlefront game with the current cutting edge technology for rendering and making things look lifelike, but it's the same kind of stuff where and it's not a bad thing. I'm saying it's the same kind of uh capture this area, hold it, you know, if you can if you can hold all six of them for some time you without win. losing a single Ewok. Yeah. Oh no, the Ewoks you use. <laughs> They're fodder. I've got an Ewok cannon. <laughs> Houtini. No, that's Jawas. I'm sorry. Oh, that'd be great though. Just go, Jawa cannon. Ah, Jawa cannon. Uh, <laughs> it's like a like a t-shirt cannon. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Uh, and, and somebody with the bag of Jawas behind you squirting. And Mattel unveiled today. This is you know action figures, uh, but not really action figures. Two different sizes, action figures, and I guess what would you would call, for lack of a better term, more of the fashion doll size of the DC superhero girls, which apparently they went, they fine tuned with focus groups and bloggers and, and feminist organizations to the, so that there would be nothing that would be considered, uh, intentionally considered, uh, vague, even vaguely sexist about them. They're really 15 minutes after they're out. No, they're like realistically 12 year old versions of 12 year old girl versions of supergirl batgirl oh, i'm just saying there's there's wonder girl always I, I somebody know, there will always be complaint amped please. up and ready to be offended and, oh you know, please and, whatever and, they can and they're trying to offend me uh you know it's like yeah. you, sorry you put it's like the first time a 10 year old boy gets a hold of them there will be something done oh, wrong sure, you know sure. it's like please i had a, a dr mccoy and a captain kirk Migo action figures backstage at a play when i was a kid and i walked back into the dressing room and they were butt naked and in a compromising position because that's just what people thought was funny you know uh and you can't as hillary clinton said you can't change hearts you're just not going to change hearts um but uh, apparently i do applaud this this figure line uh and although it's kind of weird to have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy just hanging out with the girls, um, and then they're going to grow up and try to kill each other. Uh, but, you know, I, it's again a reflection of, just as we say with Marvel, with how many female leads are in their comics, and how many female creators mm-hmm. are working for them as well, yep. uh, are, are creating these books, that it's an acknowledgement that this is a 
this is not a growing market. This is a grown market. This is a huge market that young readers are. Uh, it, it's you know, I, I think I read it that the readership growth has gone tw- up twenty percent in the last two or three years among young girls to comics. They love this stuff. And hopefully these action figures, these dolls are not pandering to them. It's actually giving a line a way in because, you know, they are wanting to read DC and Marvel. They're also wanting to read, as we know, uh, Lumberjanes, which just, uh, you know, is going to have a deluxe edition in time for Christmas. I'm not a Lumberjanes reader, but that looks really cool. Like all the supplemental stuff they have in there. Yeah, well, you've got the, you've got the the super supergirl show coming out which yes. kind of says okay this is we're giving a title everything is everything is on this character who is a woman who is it's television but it's still pretty high profile yeah uh when marvel has been not including black widow in their action figure lines and stuff like that so now you've got the figure coming out for this character as well and yeah. that's two good steps on dc's part you know we'll have to yeah. see that when you have jessica jones coming out a mature story not really something that you're gonna you're gonna hand off to your young daughter as uh empowering no, i wouldn't no um we don't have anything on the on the marvel side that is even roughly the equivalent yeah i mean ms marvel but that's only the the comic right now it's not a, a media property and but not to diminish the fact that it is it's an although i can't remember which director was uh which woman director had said that that there was a rumor she was in talks to direct captain marvel and she said no but she would direct ms marvel ms marvel for free yeah she wanted that to make it to cinema i wish i could remember which which director it was because I, it's well, i think they need to push on push harder on that or find it find a different you know not do it for not move it to netflix you know give it something oh, i think the thing is you know we have gotten locked into a linked marvel universe yeah and i don't and i think it's sort of like the idea of the runaways runaways probably works better would work better cinematically if it was standing on its own yes definitely definitely because you there'd be people going the few why times, isn't why isn't tony stark stopping these these villains the few times when the avengers came in on runaways and they fought and then they finally let him go it was just it was pointless it was a crossover well, that's for why profiles. joss whedon had to send them in back in time yeah because then there was no one to, to save them you know um, so I think I think let's get back to that idea that occasionally they don't have to be tied in. It's I, which yeah. I think DC's Warner Brothers has dropped this is at one point there was talk about just doing Metal Men as a comedy, and it's like yeah, Metal Men kind of in their original book works best as just yep. this is on its own. They don't all have to be tied in. Now it's funny that I'm now arguing that that they don't all need to be tied in, but they don't. Uh, so let's see. Um, well, I guess that's it for this evening. So there are I'm, two things happening next week. I wish you'd tell me these things up front. Go ahead. Thing number one, which I just found out, and thing two, my brother, the issue of Ninja Turtles that he Artist wrote a backup Nate Costa. story for, Ben Costa, Ben Costa, next Wednesday, and he's doing a signing at Hijinx Comics from 4 to 7 p.m. Oh, great. In conjunction with the release of said book. On Saturday? No, Wednesday. Also, On Wednesday. The oh, 21st. Wednesday. The, day, the, the day of the drop. Yes. Okay. Day of the drop. And far less important, a new Force Awakens trailer will debut next week. Oh. Yeah, I did not know that. So, again, Ben 
Costa is going to be signing his Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles book at Hijinx Comics in San Jose. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Is it Adventures? Right? Because it's, it's, it's not the main... It's something. For, TMNT and, Amazing Adventures okay. Issue 3. Is that like an anthology yeah. style? It's more based on the cartoon, I believe. Okay. More cartoonish as opposed to the more Eastman and Laird grittier yeah, stuff. Right, 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 right. And that's he's going to be there all day or from what hours? Four to seven. Four, Four to, to seven. seven. Okay. So in time for the evening rush. Exactly. Okay. Well, cool. I'll have to, all right. I usually get there earlier than that, but maybe I'll have to put it off until later. We'll see what we can do. All right. So. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, stop by uh, the website fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers, powers only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. Hey, that worked. And I tried to drag a little bit. I for did Nate. too. <laughs> Dude.